The information in this skill is provided for informational and educational purposes only. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the SMA Flash Briefings. Hi, I'm Price Woldridge. As a rare neuromuscular disorder patient myself, I enjoy reading flash briefings for spinal muscular atrophy. Here's an article by Marta Figueredo. Evrisd seen to improve survival, motor development of infants with SMA type 1. Genentech's Evrisd or Rizdiplam improved survival in infants with spinal muscular atrophy type 1 and allowed them to achieve developmental milestones not usually seen in the natural course of the disease, according to one-year data from the dose-finding part of the Firefish trial. While the trial is still ongoing and has moved to its confirmatory second part, these early findings were described in a study titled Rizdiplam in Type 1 Spinal Muscular Atrophy, published in the New England Journal of Medicine. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved Evrisd in August as the first oral and home treatment for patients, two months and older, with any SMA type, followed shortly by an identical decision in Brazil. Similar approval requests are currently being reviewed by the health authorities in Canada, China, Switzerland, and the European Union, where the application is under accelerated assessment. Since Evrisd was approved in August, we have been inspired by the stories and sense of hope that we have heard from people living with SMA and their families about the impact Evrisd has had in their lives. Levi Garraway, MD, PhD, Genentech's Chief Medical Officer and Head of Global Product Development, said in a press release, The first publication of Firefish results reinforces the value of Evrisd as an important treatment option for SMA. A small molecule, Evrisd works by increasing the levels of SMN, a protein essential for motor neuron and muscle health and whose production is impaired in SMA patients. A flavored liquid, it can be administered orally or given through a feeding tube once daily to SMA patients in a broad range of ages and disease severity. The Global Part 2 Phase 2-3 Firefish study was designed to test Evrisd in infants one to seven months with type 1 SMA, a severe form characterized by the inability to sit without support and by reduced life expectancy, the researchers wrote. Part 1's main goals were to assess Evrisd's safety, pharmacokinetics, and pharmacodynamics in 21 babies and to determine the optimal dose for the trial's second part. Exploratory analyses included the proportion of patients not on permanent ventilation and those sitting without support for at least five seconds, as well as changes in motor function and milestones, all assessed with validated measures. Infants' median age was 6.7 months and they developed the first symptoms at a median of two months. None were able to sit without support and five of them were receiving respiratory support. Four girls received the low dose and 11 girls and six boys were given the high dose, final dose of 0.2 milligrams per kilogram, later selected for part two and approved for use. At the time of the one-year analysis, participants' mean average age was 17.7 months and they had been treated for a median of 14.8 months. Results showed that Evrisd treatment increased patients' SMN levels by a median of threefold in the low dose group and 1.9 times in the high dose group confirming its mechanism of action. Notably, 90% of the now toddlers, three in the low-dose group and 16 in the high-dose group, were living without permanent ventilation. Four infants died of respiratory complications, three up until the one-year analysis and one thereafter. No deaths were deemed related to Evrisd. In the high-dose group, seven toddlers were able to sit without support. 
Nine maintained upright head control at all times, and one was able to stand. No infants in the low-dose group were able to attain such milestones. In addition, 11 of the participants had a score of 40 or higher on the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia Infant Test of Neuromuscular Disorders. This result is rarely observed in patients with type 1 spinal muscular atrophy, the researchers wrote. The test assesses motor skills in infants using a scale of 0 to 64 points, with higher scores indicating better motor function. At one year, no infant had lost the ability to swallow, and 86% were able to feed orally, either exclusively or in combination with a feeding tube. These benefits were observed despite the fact that firefish participants were older and had a longer duration of disease at study start than patients in other clinical trials in type 1 spinal muscular atrophy, the researchers wrote. The most frequently reported adverse events were fever, 52%, upper respiratory tract infections, 43%, diarrhea 29%, cough 24%, vomiting 24%, constipation 19%, and pneumonia 19%. A total of 24 serious adverse events were reported, with the most common being respiratory tract infections. Overall, these findings supported the evaluation of the high dose in the second confirmatory part of Firefish, which is evaluating the safety and effectiveness of the selected, now approved Evrisd dose in another 41 type 1 infants, for two years. Previously reported two-year results from Firefish's Part 1 showed that the toddlers, now all receiving the high dose, continued to improve and achieve motor milestones. In addition to Firefish, three other clinical trials, Sunfish, Jewelfish, and Rainbowfish, are testing Evrisd and SMA patients. In total, more than 450 SMA patients with ages ranging from a few months to 60 years are currently receiving the medication in one of these studies. The International Rainbowfish Trial is still recruiting newborns up to six weeks old with a genetic diagnosis of SMA, but no evidence of symptoms. Coming up next, perspectives from SMA News Today Forums Director, Kevin Schaefer. From Embracing My Inner Alien, a column by Kevin Schaefer. In college, my sanctuary was the room where the majority of my classes took place. Tucked away in a secluded corner of the humanities building, the film room was akin to a small auditorium. In the center was a large screen that my professors used to showcase all kinds of films, from obscure avant-garde and foreign pictures to 80s blockbusters. Throughout my time as a student, I spent countless hours in this room, diving deep into the world of cinema via screenings and discussions. My professors compared the act of watching a film to a religious experience. During screenings, instructors turned the lights off and prohibited students from talking or looking at our phones. With those precious hours devoid of texts, emails, and deadlines, I was free to immerse myself in other worlds and characters. I could put my troubles and worries on pause. Living with a disability like SMA means that life is always on the move. Between scheduling appointments, coordinating with caregivers, doing breathing treatments, completing physical therapy, maintaining energy levels, and getting proper nutrition, managing SMA is a full-time job in and of itself. Add an actual full-time job on top of this, plus the stress of a, of a pandemic, and my life is often equivalent to a revolving door of chaos. So how do I manage? I've written previously about the importance of self-care and how those of us in disability communities have a tendency to push ourselves past our limitations. Perhaps it's because we have a compulsion to prove that we are capable of doing the things able-bodied people can do. 
We wanted to show that we can work, have families and relationships, socialize, and make meaningful contributions to society. All of those things are true. However, doing those things and listening to our bodies when they're begging us to slow down aren't mutually exclusive. One essay in the book Disability Visibility explores this idea by relating it to the concept of crip time. The idea is that time works differently for us due to the numerous obligations that come with having a disability. We have to respect our bodily needs, and sometimes that means being late to a meeting or appointment, and understanding that's okay. Recently, I've been doing my best to practice self-care and relish moments of tranquility. After a particularly eventful and overwhelming couple of weeks in management, I took the following Monday off. While the beginning of the week is usually the busiest for me, I decided to forego my regular meetings and emails to spend the day with my niece watching Disney movies. Amazingly, she picked a couple of the classics instead of wanting to watch Frozen for the 14,705th time. Other steps I've taken toward this goal of stimulating my mental and emotional health include listening to a wide range of conversational and pop culture podcasts, reading physical books, watching more movies instead of trying to binge watch a full series, and expanding the horizon of the music I listen to. Through a YouTube video, I recently discovered a band called Bee Cake, whose lead singer is actor Billy Boyd from The Lord of the Rings. I've since fallen out in love with their music, which is a unique blend of folk and soft rock. They're now on constant rotation on my Spotify playlists, their songs giving me a boost of energy throughout the day. Embracing the stillness is one of the hardest and most gratifying things to do. In a society that constantly measures a person's worth by their productivity, pursuing self-care is tough. Yet, just like all of the film screenings I experienced in college, those moments of stillness are just as essential now. I'm Kevin Schaefer, Forums Director and Columnist for SMA News Today. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.smanewstoday.com. And be sure to follow us on social media and join our SMA News Today forums, a trusted SMA community ready to welcome you anytime.